Our fight to eradicate corruption, maladministration, unethical leaders, and the abuse of taxpayers' money by those in power continues. It's fresh, it's fearless, and focused. The Outer Hour, where your voice matters. How's it? Hey, welcome to uh, 2022. That was the face of Wayne Duvenage that you just saw there. And uh, the stars of the show tonight, Wayne, Rudy and Stefani, will have them up in just a moment. But just very briefly as we start the show this evening, I'd like to extend my good wishes to you and your loved ones as we enter 2022. And may this be a wonderful year for you and everyone else. Uh, and uh, may this be a year where we start chipping away more seriously at corruption. Would you tell us more about that? Let's say good evening to the CEO of Outer, Wayne Duvenage, and uh, ask him how his 2022 started. How's it, Wayne? Hi, Tom, and hi to everybody. It started out with a bang, um, a second day back or first day back on the, what was it, the 4th of uh, January, and Zonda released his report, and hey, presto, we were... It was great uh, just unpacking it, but the media, the media onto us quite quickly for our input responses, statements, and uh, so we were we were continuously and still are to this day rushing, uh, not rushing, but uh, very busy in giving a lot of input, a lot of digesting what has uh, happened, analysis, uh, projections, thoughts, inputs, views, opinions. So good stuff for this country and we're going to unpack that uh, tonight so we started out with a bang and the whole driver's license issue and uh, more stuff coming uh tomorrow stefani might uh, give us a hint on something there but lovely uh you know our work is cut out for us tom um i was asked one question so with zonda's report now where does that leave out uh, well it leaves us with a lot of work to do so that we can make sure that what the recommendations are, are implemented. We have to, and, and we have, we've been having meetings, uh, Rudy, today, myself with Defend Our Democracy, people around the world who are unpacking this report and deciding what do we do as civil society. And it is up to civil society. It's not business. It's not government. It's up to civil society to be the conscience and the driver of all the stuff that has to happen uh, to make this report uh, worth its weight in gold and uh, that's what we're excited about tomorrow and friday we have our strategy session as an exco team for the next year and we unpack so much of the exciting stuff that's going to happen so yeah it's uh, a lot has happened I, I feel like three months have already gone but it's only two weeks wow we're going to talk about the State Capture Commission report this evening, part one of that report, and, and get into those areas about who needs to prosecute, what help does the NPA need, if any, what role does civil society play in this, and what do you and I as citizens of South Africa uh, have to do uh, in this fight against corruption, specifically with regards to the State Capture report. Well, uh, Rudy Heineke is uh, on board, and let's say hello to Rudy. Apparently, he's having a competition with his teenage son to see who can grow the best beard. I think Rudy's going to win. How's the start to your 2022 been, Rudy? Uh, good evening, Tom. Uh, good evening to all the supporters, viewers, watchers, uh, everybody. Uh, may you all have a very blessed and corrupt-free corrupt 2022. Uh, Tom, the year started out with a bang, like Wayne said. Uh, uh, it's already, it's, it's only 12 days now, but uh, it's feeling like three months, like he said. Uh, started with a bang, and, uh, but it is, it is nice to be back and it's nice to, to work again after the good rest in December. And last but never least, everybody's favorite advocate, Stefani Fick. Are you having a good start to 2022, Stefani? 2022 is going to be a cracker. It's going to be, we're going to rock and roll and um, loads of energy to tackle whatever needs to be tackled. So I think this is going to be a great year, except for the fact that it, it's an even number. Um, and I like even numbers. Uh, it really is going to be a fantastic year. And not just because of um, the fact that it's even numbers. It's because, you know, Alta is still here. Um, the state capture report came out and, uh, you know, we were vindicated in so many ways and, um, yeah, so, a, a lot to do, but we get up. Um, we're going to make a better South Africa. 
Well, the state capture report is the topic on the table tonight as the outer team unpack their views on it. And uh, you're entitled to yours as well uh, in the comment section down below the video. I see people are saying hello thick and fast, and we put in those hellos on screen as you say how's it to us. See, Freddie Mills is the latest to say happy rocking and rolling, Stefani. And more messages will come in as we make our way through the show. Now, you can ask questions. You can put your questions directly to the team. Just put at Wayne, at Stefani, at Rudy in your message if you want the question to go to a particular person. If you've got a comment to make, put it underneath the video in the comment section. We'll try and get as many of those comments and questions to the team as possible. So the big news as the year ended was that part one of the State Capture Commission report was handed to the president and ultimately made public to uh, the country. And the first question I've got tonight is what uh, the impressions of this report are. I'd like to know from Wayne, Stefani and uh, Rudy what they think of the report. I'm sure they've taken some time to take a look through it. And let's start with Wayne. Wayne, uh, your comments on the State Capture Commission report, part one. <clears throat> no, very impressed, uh, Tom. Um, and this is just part one. Uh, I'm still going through uh, a number of uh, elements within there, but uh, have got um, quite a lot uh, of the first part done. And and uh, relying on the team, we're also digesting it. Uh, but it's it's excellent in that there's a lot more there than we thought, uh, you know, and uh, the, the uh, Zonda has uh, done a good job, I think, in expressing um, his findings and, and, and how he arrives at his conclusions. Uh, on so much of the stuff, um, you know, we've we've heard what's been happening. We've attended a number of the hearings, but to see it in the report and the way it is articulated and digested, it's it's fantastic. And so um, we uh, we sincerely believe this is a very very valuable report. It certainly hasn't been a waste of a billion rand all the time. Uh, we're looking forward to part two and three, uh, but so far, excellent stuff. Great recommendations, partial recommendations coming out, and a lot of work already being done uh, around uh, some of the uh, findings there. So I'm impressed with it. It's excellent stuff. Stefani, are you also impressed with the report? I think so. I think that, um, um, you know, they did a lot of work. And, and I think they, for once, I think we can, we, 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 we can trust whatever happened there. I think there's a trust deficit in South Africa currently. We, you know, the MPA is not really doing what they're supposed mm. to do. The Hawks are not really doing what they're supposed to do. And here we have the commission where, you know, there were skeptics in the beginning, you know, is it worth all the, all the money? They really went out of their way. It's impressive, the first part, um, 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 how they articulated. It's a, it's, a, it's a good draft document. And they actually did the, what they were supposed to do. They investigated state capture. And I think for um, for once and for all, I mean, no one can deny state capture. And still, I was still, my mouth was hanging open to read all the shenanigans at SAA. And, and, and guys, this is the, the one SOE where we were extremely successful in holding Ms. Mieni to account and declare her the Lingman director. But still, it was, it, it, it was just an eye-opener to, again, realize the extent of state capture. So I think it is well done, because if we had to wait for anyone else or any other organization, we would still be waiting. So, yeah, in, in that sense, uh, it, 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 a, a job well done, I think. And uh, Rudy, would you agree? Yes, uh, Tom, I agree. I think one thing that I'm very glad about is that it was made public. Uh, and that we don't have to wait until the final version is yeah. uh, to the president. And ever the president, but you know, is going to give his uh, his take on the on the report in June, as we as we understand. Um, uh, there may be another agenda for making it public, but maybe we can discuss that later. But um, yes, uh, like Stephanie said, you know, it is it is it's uh, mouth watering stuff, especially when you look at uh, uh, SAA, you look at uh, the New Age. And everything that was happening there, and how, many, how much money was spent, uh, you know, on this on this uh, newspaper that uh, there's no circulation numbers that they mm. that they could record, and then obviously the shenanigans at uh, at, at SARS and the role of Tomoyane and Bain, and then uh, the procurement and some of the recommendations regarding legislation, and I'm sure Stefani uh, later on 
elaborate on that. But, uh, um, uh, you know, yes, I am, I'm impressed. And uh, it, is, it is nice to see what, what is the judge thinking after four years, you know, going through and listening to hundreds of, 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 of uh, witnesses, uh, going through thousands and thousands of pages of, mm. of, of documents. So, yes, uh, very well. And I like the judicial insight in that. Well, let me ask you what the, the big takeaways from the, the report part one are. And I'm going to put the same question to our viewers. So as you watch the show and you on out to hour now and you're commenting in the comment section down below, did you read any of the report? Have you been reading the media releases and stories around the report? And if so, what are the biggest takeaways for you? Now, I know that uh, Dudu Mieni and SAA featured prominently in the report. And as Rudy mentioned, uh, the New Age newspaper and the money that was spent on that newspaper and the media properties of the Guptas uh, form part of part one. Anything in particular, Wayne, that stood out for you? I mean, you know so much already, and, 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 and we, we know so much already, especially when it comes to uh, Dudu Mieni and, and the mismanagement at, at SAA. Uh, it's been f covered on the show. You've gone to court over it, uh, and uh, Outer really has spearheaded this charge against this delinquent director, and ultimately proven to be a, a delinquent director. But was there anything that came out of the report that made you go, "Wow," you know, opened your eyes? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think Tom, before getting to that, let me just say, uh, in response to a common question, was is is well. You know, is this going to do anything? Is it, why is it meaningful? And uh, I think up until now, um, everything we've heard about state capture, uh, besides the hearings that have happened in this commission, have been media reports, civil society reports, speculation. Uh, and there was nothing uh, really for us to be absolutely concrete and sure about what has happened. And so this judicial inquiry, and I emphasize that, is gone through a formal process. So there's no now disputing this. You can dispute it. Uh, if you want to challenge it, you're going you're gonna to have to go and uh, challenge it in court if they want to. But from here flows so much good stuff. And again, we'll get onto the topic of, well, what, how and what is the NPA going to do? Because they are found to be wanting and, and very slow. Uh, um, but that's a separate matter with this. So much happens. So it's concrete. It's 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 valid stuff uh, with evidence, with cross questioning, uh, and and no longer can uh, the cocos of the world and the uh, um, uh, what's his name Jimmy Manye, um, Juanili Manye, and these guys sit back and say no, well, well that's the media's view. That's not happened. Uh, but this judicial inquiry has unpacked a lot. So what what I really took away and was pleased is that Arthur's work has come through in this report. Mm -hmm. um, even our in even our discussions with Yaki Quinani, the uh, one director at SAA, uh, which we, we recorded uh, when she was there, that uh, on how they went to you know um, uh, to to cafes and internet cafes and laid fictitious charges against directors, uh, all of those shenanigans came out beautifully. So, so our account of things and our delinquent director case. Uh, is there, it features, and, and, and I think that's excellent because it's it's precedent-setting what we've done. In fact, in today's Defend Our Democracy meeting, um, our case was raised again as, as, as an avenue that society must press on and do more of. Uh, and then um, uh, the, the recommendations around uh, whistleblowing and how we tackle uh, and what the state has to do, and this recommendation around the, uh, an independent anti corruption uh, agency uh, with powers with with with, uh, with 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 courts corruption courts and so forth now this is interesting stuff this is going into lovely debates I mean we don't necessarily agree with rewarding whistleblowers in other words incentivizing them there's a whole debate on that but again I think I was confirmed that yeah. that's a dangerous place but Stefani will talk about it she hits the nail in the head when when and this is what's coming out the support that whistleblowers need is it's crucial and that's we've got to focus on as a as a state and a civil society and business because when we get that right we get more information we can hold more people to account but yeah those were some of the big takeaways for me uh, and stefani were you impressed by the reports mentioning of whistleblowers and the support that whistleblowers need the role they play in exposing corruption and anything else that pop, popped out for you 
Well, I think it was extremely important. I think it would um, to, 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 to give kudos to, to everybody that um, had the courage to stand up. And, and, and despite, um, you know, the fact that they lost their jobs, a, a difficult journey, I think, you know, just the emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, it, it, to salute them is the least one can do. And I think um, Judge Zonda also realized that. And I think what he realized is that without the whistleblowers, without the courageous um, men and women that, um, you know, decided no more, I'm going to say no to corruption, I'm going to mm. say no to whatever shenanigans that is going on, um, that we would not be where we are and know what we know if it wasn't for, um, you know, the brave whistleblowers. Let's just start. The Gupta Leaks wouldn't, would not be available if it wasn't for that guy that realized that, you know, this is something very important. We would not be as, we would not have been successful and um, in our holding Ms. Mieni to account if it wasn't for Cynthia Stimple, Tuliam mm-hmm. Shea, um, you know, and, and, and all the guys at SAA that decided and said, no, 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 we're not going to stand for this. So, yes, of course, I think I actually want to say I don't think Judge Zondo had a choice. He had to say, um, basically, I think that's the um, we will have to talk about how to protect whistleblowers. How are we going to go forward with whistleblowers? How can we change legislation? How can we change the uh, how can we make it easier for for whistleblowers? But um, I think we've and, and how do we turn the tables? How do we turn the tables on criminals and whistleblowers? So that whistleblowers is in the power is has the power and that the people that should be scared is the criminals. Unfortunately, I think that, you know, we're not there yet. And a lot of work to be done. And we should, hopefully it's not just talk and it's not mm. just a report that mm. we're actually going to work on. But yes, of course, he had no choice. Rudy, you have had eyes on so much information over the last three, three years or so. There's probably nothing you haven't seen. But was there anything in the report that stood out for you? I think um, if you if you if you read between the lines, uh, if you followed the the you know the state capture inquiry and you see the report now, and especially uh, two aspects that is in this first part of the report uh, in the SAA part as well as in the TNA part, is the quality that we have uh, currently or that we had at that time the quality of board members. And I think that, um, you know, the judge didn't hold back any punches and he described it very good and well to say, listen, Quinana and Durumuyeni, uh, um, uh, you are not really qualified to be on this level of, of management. And that is something that's very important. I think we all knew that, you know, way back when, when, when the commission was uh, busy with the inquiry, but now the the uh, you know it came out from the judge's mouth and he said listen we must look out for this and the same happened with uh, the new age you know uh, pointing out that a board uh, ratified decision that was never to be you know uh, ratified so um it is i think one thing that, that that that's very important that we must take from this report is and take forward and you know this is the the, the purpose of the report or, or the purpose of the inquiry is to say listen what happened now? What we must what must we do so that it doesn't happen again? Mm. And this is one of the aspects I think that we must take forward to say, listen, there must be a more transparent way to appoint board members, to appoint executives of SOEs, uh, etc. And 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 I'm I'm sure that you know civil society and uh, uh, specialists and experts on on on, on these fields must be be uh, consulted with those appointments. Well, I'm looking at some of the comments coming in. Claire Feldman says, to my mind, the entirety of the document reveals the wholesale capture of the state by individuals who, with absolute impunity, stole, looted, and took every South African as full. So it's all out in the open now. The question, I guess, is what happens next? What should happen? What do you think should happen? Wayne? Well, um, this is the this is the question that uh, civil society is dealing with at, at large, and we're getting asked that question very often. What we can't accept is that the NPA uh, is going to struggle with it because of capacity issues or shortage of skills and so forth. That's that's not an excuse that's going to sit lightly with us. Our view is they need to get 
capacitated. They need to uh, get the help they need, whether it's budgets, um, whether it's appointing specialist teams, and, uh, uh, you know, what are the other avenues? And I can share with you one avenue that we've been quite instrumental in doing for some time with them. But I think if we apply our minds and get more civil society behind us, and we, again, have to defend our democracy um, advisory committee meeting that I was on just earlier this afternoon, there's, um, there's a lot of praise for artists' use of the Section 27 referral uh, process within the act of the NPA where, where um, they don't have to go and purchase uh, 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 people's support and, and, and tackle with uh, tackle the internal um, restrictions to how much they can uh, engage with business, for instance. Because business, by the way, you know, if business starts saying, here's money, uh, yeah, you know, we'll help you uh, get your capacity up. Well, some of those businesses might be compromised. Yeah, I was just about uh, to so say. that's yeah. not necessarily the right. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so the way the way we believe it should be done is that uh, let's empower and grow this Section Twenty Seven referrals. I'll, I'll leave it to Stefani or Rudy uh, to explain how that works. But it's a very good way to utilize the skills of an outer, for instance, case build provide all the evidence, reduces the pressure put on all their investigators to go get the stuff because we've got it. We've got so much of it in our in the Gupta leaks and in our search engine um, that uh, we can literally build the case for them. All they have to do is they can't take it at gospel. They have to verify it, go and get the actual uh, documents, uh, subpoena the banks for bank statements, for instance, and literally it's all done and, uh, and we can save them a lot of um, so that's that's one area, but 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 the short answer to your question is there's a gold mine there, and and you've got this NPA who's like looking at it, saying, oh, how do we eat this elephant? And what we don't want is five years down the line, we're still trying to prosecute Brian Malefe. We need the big, the big clear cases uh, that is all there to be tackled, and we need those done this year, and we need a lot of work done before the ANC election comes around uh, in December. Stefani, it's becoming obvious that the MPA can't prosecute every corrupt person in South Africa. And uh, as Wayne said, you're looking for the, or the, the, the suggestion is to look for the clear-cut cases, the, the big cases, the winnable cases. Uh, how, how, uh, and you've got some understanding in, in, of the inner workings of the MPA. How restrained are the NPA at the moment when it comes to tackling what's coming out in the state capture report? Do they have the capacity? Can they build the capacity? If they can't build the capacity, what's the solution to the problem? How do we make sure that what's come out in the state capture report and what is going to come out lands, in, lands up, in, uh, as Clive Beckett would say, one of our regular viewers, and always, when are the people in, when are the corrupt going to be in orange overalls? And he's got a point. Uh, how do we take what is coming out in this commission and turn it into convictions so that the rotten, the rotten apples of society get put behind bars. What's the solution? Let me start off by saying that um, I know what you meant when you uh, when you said, but the NPA is supposed to prosecute all corruption. That is their constitutional duty. That is an obligation. Now, obviously. You know, there's always certain cases that you would you would weigh up. You know, the one might be better than the other, and um, uh, you know, strategically, um, you also sometimes prosecute strategically in a good way, best interest. You know, they are prosecuting on 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 society's behalf, not on behalf of individuals. Um, um, the principle of of prosecutions is the state versus. It is not. Um, you know, an individual versus an accused is the state. They are prosecuting because we believe that the crime, something like corruption, mm. should not happen and that they should do this on our behalf, on, in, in our best interest. Now, let me just start off by saying um, I it, 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 it's heartbreaking for me to, to, to look at the NPA and, and, and not feel for colleagues and people that are really just doing their, their level best each and every day. You know, people in the MPA are passionate about what they do because it's about right and wrong, trying to right certain wrongs and to, to make sure that if a person is guilty, that he should go to jail, should land up behind bars. 
But unfortunately, I think that uh, a, 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 a lot of experienced prosecutors were lost. Now you have a handful of people that that is, you know, that we um, we want them to sort of carry the NPA, and all of a sudden there's miracles. That ain't gonna happen. Mm. But who's you know whose fault is it? Because I think as human beings, we we would like to, you know, there needs to be hope and there needs to be a resolution and a solution. And and whose fault is this? Now, un- unfortunately, the NPA was gutted with state capture as well. So you have political interference. You have you know certain people that were put in positions to make sure that certain things doesn't happen. Now they are they are way behind. You can ask a lot of questions. I mean, the State Capture Commission started. They um, also had to start from scratch, also had to get all the information. They also had to get systems up running. Now, they started that, they did that, and they finalized. And still the NPA is struggling. Still the NPA does not have all the information. And that some of the information, you know, we as a civil activist organization went out of our way to make sure that they get Section 27 referrals. Yes, like Wayne said, it might not be, um, you know, the, the slam dunk case, but at least it's a beginning. So a, 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 a lot of organizations, individuals, made sure that they get these cases and still no prosecutions. Now, prosecutions you know are difficult it's it's an, an, it, the 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 um you know the bigger the crime and the seriousness of the crime the more difficult a prosecution can be and and and, and maybe i should just pause there for a little bit you know prosecution is not just i'm going to prosecute it is about also strategically plan a prosecution which witnesses, making sure a witness comes to the court. Then a, a prosecutor also has to deal with, you know, the, the, the fact that you are in a building, that you are, um, you know, that the mag- a magistrate or a judge should be there and that there should be an interpreter and all of that is your, is, is your problem. That is, however, not an excuse. That is just an explanation of if something works, you know, if, if, if the MPA is just functioning normally, that is the type of mm. problems that you sit with. Now the NPA sit with a problem that they're undercapacitated and that the, the, the people that is there are just not able to do what they are supposed to do. But that needs fixing. We cannot, we cannot accept that that is mm. the status quo. Yeah. We cannot. So there's a, a, a lot of solutions and I'm going to stop talking now so that you can hear someone else's voice and we can go into some of that solutions, but they do need help, but the, they need resources. They need money and they need people. And, you know, announcing a task team, how is this going to be different to announcing that there's an ID? You need to capacitate them. You need to give them the tools that they need for the, the, for the trade. So government, minister, um, um, there should now be a will to actually not just talk about this. We need to do it now. The public is waiting for yeah, people that's, to be held That's the point I'd like to make. I, I'm, I'm starting to suspect that the South African public's faith in the NPA is being eroded day by day. And it's made especially, uh, it's well, I don't want to use the word worse, but that's how it feels sometimes when someone burns down parliament and the, the NPA has found the guy in half an hour and he's in court the next day and now he's off for psych evaluation and everything is working so quickly and well. And you go, well, hold on a moment. If you can put someone away for stealing leggings from a clothing store for 10 years and do that effectively and fast, and you can find the guy who burned down Parliament in 20 minutes and have him in a police car in 30, what's taking so long with people who've stolen hundreds of millions? Uh, Wayne, do you think that the NPA actually has the will? I mean, you, you know, we know that they, they have problems when it comes to capacity, but is the will there? Um, I think it is. It wasn't there under Sean Abrams. It's definitely there. Um, but as Stefani says, I think uh, it's a leadership issue. It's a combination between leadership, strategy, and uh, and resources. And when you are undercapacitated, and by the way, there are still people inside the NPA who are part of the radical economic transformation, uh, uh, the RET cabal, Zuma's cabal, who are getting in the way and slowing things down, it must be extremely, extremely difficult. So um, the world's there. Uh, they need the way now, and that, the way is resources. Uh, you know, we've been calling, for instance, for some uh, some time now 
uh, focused, independent, uh, separate uh, corruption courts. And thank goodness the Zonda Commission brought that up. It's a suggestion which a lot of people are speaking about. I think Ronald Lamola was talking about it, looking into that. These are good things. Now, when you get focused, dedicated, focused courts and teams and, 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 and task teams on corruption, it goes a lot faster. Mm. And and we believe they should be allocating the, the funds. It is there. It's not like we're talking uh, you know, billions and billions of rands. Yeah? Uh, extra several millions of rands to capacitate teams is what is required just to tackle everything in the Zonda Commission if we can get that done quickly. So the will is there. It's the way. Wayne, uh, there's a lot of talk about private prosecution, and you hinted and touched on it at the beginning of the show tonight. Uh, is it going to be possible to jail the corrupt without private prosecutions taking place? And then once I've finished with you, I'm going to ask Stefani to explain what a private prosecution is. Yeah. So, um, firstly, what I was talking about is, 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 is Section 27 referrals. That's not private prosecutions. And there's a lot of confusion in this, in this space. The, the, the delinquent director case is not a private prosecution. Uh, it's a civil case that we bought, and anybody can bring them so long as they you qualify and uh, and you within time. Private prosecutions, on the other hand, as Stefani will tell you, is 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 the most difficult thing. And and if the NPA is the institution that has to prosecute. For you to get a nolly prosecute certificate to do private prosecutions is, is extremely difficult, almost impossible. There's only been a couple of those cases. That doesn't mean to say we shouldn't be striving for the law to change the NPA to find ways to allow us to bring private prosecutions. But, you know, a lot of people think, yeah, well, Kerry Null and these guys do private prosecutions. They don't. We've tried on the, um, uh, what was the case on the mine in the East? Uh, Anyway, I mean, we've, we've asked for uh, sorry. Was it Aurora, Aurora, Aurora and Aurora, yeah, the Aurora yeah. case. We've we've asked, and uh, but Stefani, over to you. You can explain this uh, better. Uh, it's not it's not as it seemed. So it's not a magic wand, Stefani. No, unfortunately not. And and please, before I uh, before I try to explain that it is a conundrum, and believe me that um um you know. There's always a, a solution, and, and 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 we will find you know answers. But just to try and and, and explain the difficulty and, and 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 the fact that I do believe that we have a bit of a constitutional crisis. Constitutionally, it's the NPA that should prosecute. That we all understand. That prosecutors prosecutions are dealt with by the NPA. Now, the NPA on a daily basis have to make decisions whether they want to prosecute. Or not. Now, there's, you know, they have their own, um, uh, um, you know, it's tick boxes that you go through, mm. and 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 sometimes it's policy considerations. Sometimes it's an emotional decision. Sometimes it's purely just if you look at the evidence, there's not enough evidence. Um, so they make the decision either to prosecute or not to prosecute. Um, um, and if they refuse to prosecute, that's when they nolly, nolly a case. Now, when it comes to private prosecutions, please understand that private prosecutions is really the exception to the rule. The private prosecution section of the Criminal Procedure Act was, was, is, was, was not written in order to cater for a situation we are currently in. Um, private prosecutions are really there for that complainant. Let's say, I'm going to take an example. Um, Rudy assaults me. So um, the, the, the state, after considering my evidence and, you know, Rudy's warning statement, um, decide that, you know what, there's just not enough evidence. It's two single witnesses. I don't have any injuries. They refuse to prosecute. But I am a soldier, so I am not going to accept this. So I go to the MPA and I say, listen, I want a knowledge certificate. They will then give me the knowledge certificate, and I, as a complainant, with a peculiar and a substantial interest in the matter, can then privately prosecute. And my chances really of them prosecuting is probably not very good because, you know, if the, if, 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 if the, the person that specializes in prosecution is saying you you know you don't have enough then uh, you probably don't but 
that's my, I, I can consider that. But what we have sure. here is, um, you know, a, a, a prosecuting authority that already has said, we're not going to give NOLI certificates because you need a NOLI certificate in order to do private prosecutions. Um, uh, 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 you know, the MPA can't give NOLI certificates because they aren't able to do their job. They can't. They can't give their constitutional duty over to civil society. The, the law wasn't written in that way. Now, we have looked at it. So you need to, to privately prosecute. You actually need, and I'm going to explain it this way, sort of an interest greater than the public interest. The National Prosecuting Authority prosecutes in the public interest. When you privately prosecute, you prosecute in your own interest. So I don't know if that becomes more clear. So Makes sense, if yes. Alta wants to prosecute, yeah. Um, if Alta wants to prosecute, we're obviously going to do that in the public interest. And, um, um, you know, and, and we prosecute because the NPA is just, you know, whatever words you want to use, not capable of, of doing it. Now, constitutionally, that was not supposed to happen. But now the question is, now we dealt with this deck of cards. Do we just accept it? Do we just accept the fact that we can't privately prosecute because that is not what it, the purpose was for? But we sit with an MPA that you no know, are, are just not able to do it. So are we just are we just to accept it? So no. You know, it is What's the solution, Stefani? <laughs> I think firstly, I, I I think one has to as I, I see this as like a, 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 a it's a parallel process. It has to. Um, continue. So on the first hand, we will never stop um, um, advocating for the fact that the NPA needs to do this, point number one, that the, in order for the NPA to do it, make sure that you have um, um, the proper resources, money and people. You also always need money and people. Give them a court um, where they are not bothered by all the daily other stuff that they can, they can have a court that can, um, like a washing machine, can, can deal with these, um, these cases. But give them specialized people, give them the ability to, 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 to um, um, catch up. And, and, and what I mean is they need to catch up and, 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 and fast and advocate for that. But in the meantime, let's see that if nothing happens, how can we, um, 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 how can we look at legislation and maybe ask, maybe by, because this constitutional crisis was created, maybe there is a way of saying, but if the MPA can't do it, maybe civil society should. Maybe we should have um, a seat at, at the table. And I, maybe I should also add this. We have done what we could in order to assist. And, and maybe the NPA, like they said today, should really just consider they do not have to lose their objectivity. They do not, um, um, you know, it's not necessarily means that there's interference if you accept help from BLSA, from um, companies, from civil society, from the public, even if it's just in the form of facts. Fact. How can we help them in order to store the enormous amount of information that they're going to get from the State Capture Commission? There's so many ways. They should open their minds and start listening. Well, uh, Rudy, you've been on top of the facts for years now. Uh, in fact, sometimes I wonder how full your brain is when it comes to all the corruption and the facts and figures that you have uncovered over the years. Uh, and, and I'm sure, uh, and I know you've referenced this before, have worked with the NPA and prosecuting authorities. Uh, do you have faith that the information that you've seen, the information that ALSA has given to the State Capture Commission, the information that's come from all parts of society and whistleblowers, do you, do you have faith that that's actually going to result? I guess the question I'm banging on about is, is something concrete going to happen here? Um, yes, I do believe so. Um, we cannot we cannot be you know, negative or not positive about it. But I do think that you know we uh, uh, and just to 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 emphasize that as well. There's enough information. There's uh, enough evidence. It is it is to put it all together in a docket to go to a court and to uh, start the case. But so it's there. I think we must also start. Everything's there. It all is the there. nuts and bolts are there. It is. There. 
Yes, uh, what I have seen, I can assure you that some of these cases are ready for, 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 for court. But I think we should also think outside the box. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of other law enforcement partners to the India. Uh, we talk about SARS. I mean, if you, in, in, in the money laundering network uh, that, that uh, um, you know, was assisting the Guptas, for example, to get money out of the country, uh, if you look at the money laundering network, SARS must play a role there. You know, mm. look at the cases who's, who's, who's identified there at their tax returns, et cetera, et cetera. The South African Reserve Bank, you know, they should play a role there and say, listen, if there's money going out of the country, we must have a look at that. The banks, and, you know, uh, I've seen so many bank statements where the banks are taking huge amounts of, of fees because there's just so many transactions. And um, they must come to the party. You have got the asset forfeiture unit. You know, if there's a, a Primo Faki case, they can go and freeze and, and, and uh, uh, some assets there. Um, we are looking at, at, you know, obviously the, the investigating directorate, you know, uh, as an extension of the NPA. But then also, you know, the professional oversight bodies. Alta has made numerous, several uh, 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 referrals to these bodies, like Saika. Yeah, Saika, I was just about to say, Saika is a great example of how uh, complaints have been and, lodged and not much has been done. And, and, and you know what, Tom, the, the reality is that we've made that uh, referral to Saika in 2017, early in 2017 on Yaki Quinana. Now, all of a sudden, Saika comes to the party and say, listen, uh, because the report says that we must look at these uh, uh, culprits, we are we are busy. We are looking at it. Why didn't they start to look at it? Mm. You know, four years ago. Mm. Um, the other thing is that now, all of a sudden, in in, in a, a statement released by the NPA today, they said we are going to take a hand with our law enforcement partners. Why didn't they go? You know, did that two years ago? The the, the state capture commission. Uh, has been going on for four years. Mm. I mean, after two years, you could have seen, you know, the writing is on the wall for certain uh, implicated individuals and companies. Why did they act then? It's all water under the bridge. So from here on uh, forward, I think it is very, very necessary that civil society organizations, the public, everybody gets behind the pressure put on the NPA, the pressure put on all these other uh, uh, law enforcement partners and yeah. all the prof uh, professional and say, listen, you guys must start uh, uh, fighting corruption with us as well. Well, I find uh, Rudy's point uh, fascinating, Wayne, because we've got the, the media spotlight shone on the NPA. There isn't a day that I don't open my phone and scroll through the news stories and there's some story about the NPA. But while the spotlight's been shone on the NPA, all these other agencies seem to uh, get away without uh, much media attention. As Rudy mentioned, SARS and Assets Forfeiture Units, Re Reserve Bank, uh, it's all. Uh, and they could play an extremely... Uh, important part in this as well, but they seem, at least to me, uh, paralyzed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of them are still cleaning out and fixing up their own uh, internal uh, pressures, uh, SARS being one of them, but you're quite right, and Rudy's right. Uh, um, uh, you know, even Psych, as we've said, Urba, uh, that's why this report is so good. The peg is in the sand, and they're all sitting up. They're quite embarrassed. Now they're scrambling. Um Business leadership are having to question themselves about allowing Bain back into the fold. Uh, there's a lot of discomfort there. The banks have been mentioned. What is the Banking Association of South Africa doing about their members being implicated in this report? So there are so many avenues. You, you fight corruption with a quiver of arrows, not just the NPA. Of course, they're the bastion of this process and the hawks. Um, and so disappointing to see the ID investigative directorate, uh, you know, under Hermione Crenier mm. floundering, mm. needs leadership. Hopefully that uh, gets turned on now because that is the Scorpions 2.0. That, that should have been a long way down the road to doing uh, a lot of this uh, focused stuff in the big cases. So, yeah, um, if everybody was firing, and as Rudy will tell you, they work in silos so often. They don't. They're not sharing information. And in this day and age, with the electronic support that we have, it's sad that that's the case. Yeah. And again, 
we highlight these things, Rudy and his engagements with these various entities and Stefani are highlighting the need to work together, the need for support from civil society. And I think that start, this report is going to uh, be the catalyst to a lot more of that happening. Let's take a look at some of the viewer questions and comments that are coming up on my screen. Uh, Debbie Stephenson asks, I'd like or says, I'd like authorities to ensure that those implicated are not allowed to leave the country. Not sure if they can impound passports. I think the general public wants to see some kind of sanction when it comes to the accused. Is it possible to do something like that, Stefani? Or are you innocent until proven guilty and uh, your passports stay with you regardless? Or can you take people's passports uh, away and say, hey, we're taking a privilege away from you while you've been accused and you, you're being prosecuted? Yes, you, you can. If you, if you um, are being accused of something and you appear in court, normally, I, I mean, there's exceptions, but normally when you are appearing and it's part of your, if, if you are a flight risk, you can either be kept in, in, in jail. So then, you know, who cares where your passport is? Um, or you can you can get bail and then they take away your passport. Um, but really, you, you sort of indicated you wanted to say something as well. Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you, Stefani. Yes, I just want to add to that, um, you know, in the uh, during the the inquiry, a lot of companies were highlighted. You know the big names, the Baines, McKinsey, uh, uh, AON, etc., um, etc. Et but through the investigations, and we must remember that everything that went to the information that went to the uh, commission is not publicly available, and it was not everything was not uh, uh, questioned, or there wasn't testimony on everything that they received. Now. The one thing that I think that we must keep in mind, or and, and maybe this is a call to to, a, uh, to a, a body like Treasury, is to say, if you are implicated, you know, in state capture, corruption, tender mal uh, administration, and tender fraud, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, let us suspend you and take you off the central suppliers database until the matter is resolved, mm. until you've proven yourself not not guilty, or uh, you can you can give an explanation for what happened. Um, because that is the only way that you will be able to keep these companies with, you know, with uh, uh, corrupt intentions out of the system. And that is what we must do is to keep them and hold them out of the system until they are proven not guilty or until they have given a satisfactory uh, uh, explanation. And so I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to, 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 to do and, um, to keep people in the country, to uh, prosecute them, but also to make sure that the culprits still busy today. I can assure you, uh, I've seen companies that were involved in the money laundering network of the Guptas registered in 2013, 2014, 2015, and then they went silent. And then uh, all of a sudden you will see that some of the uh, some of the, the directors there, they registered new companies in, 19, uh, in, in 2019, 2020. And that just indicates to me that they have, uh, uh, you know, been off the radar for a while, but they are still come back, back into with new companies. Yeah, crazy. Yes. Uh, here, Caesar Tonkin has uh, this question: Is this a definitive list of compromised persons? Um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to understand because I could read it two ways. But I guess the question is: Once the commission uh, report comes out, part one, part two, part three, do we then have a map or a, a book? that says these are the kingpins these were the big players when it came to state capture wayne hello wayne <laughs> okay we may have lost mm, sorry no problem sorry, Wait, sorry. Let, me, let me repeat that. I, was, uh, I was on mute man i i i um the answer to the question from Mars, i think so largely so but not uh uh, not ex, ex, you know entirely comprehensive because there are a lot of other uh, uh, people involved in the capture of the state in many other ways that weren't brought up into the commission. But yes, I think on the big picture issues around Guptas, Zuma appointments, cabinet um, positions, boards, and big money lost to big SOEs, largely so. I think it's going to encapsulate the greater majority of what we want to see as society but as rudy says 
state capture isn't gone now that this report's out. It's alive and well and thriving in this country. We've got a lot of work to do to, to sort this out. Debbie Stephenson's got a question that I think uh, only Stefani can answer, and that is, could they co-opt state prosecutors to assist? Um, it depends on what she means with, with co-op. The, the problem that this age has is that it's the, the, this whole independence thing. But what you can do is you can, I want to say, become a prosecutor by being appointed by the um, um, National Deputy Director of Public Prosecutions. And I know... Um, a few years back, there was a, a lot of cases about, you know, the NPA getting um, advocates from 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 the bar um, 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 to prosecute, and in 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 certain circumstances, that is 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 acceptable. So they can. The, you must just remember, uh, um, and, and this is the difficult part. But at this point in time, I, you know, it's Nike. Just just do it. Um, let's just get um, um, you know prosecutions going. Um, is you have um, capable prosecutors in the NPA? I, I must say, I think the the, the internal um, you know just the, the mood in the NPA must be very um, actually very bad because if you are doing your job each and every day. Um, and people just keep on saying how bad the NPA is. I mean, what is the morale going to be? I think it is about um, um, uh, giving opportunities to the, the people with the necessary experience in the NPA to maybe take lead in these cases and, 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 and start appointing, um, you know, um, um, you know, other individuals that can take up the, 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 the other work because Unfortunately, unfortunately, daily there are um, other crimes that needs prosecuting, and then look to more experienced um, uh, experienced people, and look at getting maybe funding in order to pay for um, more um, people that is willing to, um, you know, assist with prosecu prosecutions. Ideally, you would want a, 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 a prosecuting authority that has prosecutors that's dedicated to prosecution um, that, um, you know, are independent and can do the job. Make sure that your department is resourced. Yeah, the line that I'm going to take away from that is can do the job. Uh, Wayne, you know, I'm a small town <coughs> boy and uh, I look at the, some of these problems we've got with quite a simple brain. And to me, it looks like many, if not most, of our uh, governmental organizations in this country are quite simply badly run. It, it's, it's as simple as that. If they were publicly listed companies, they'd go out of business and be removed from stock exchanges. And if they were subject to market forces, they wouldn't exist if they were badly mm. run. But they're propped up by taxpayers' money, and we keep pouring money into badly run institutions. Is that not just, uh, you know, if, if, if you dug down deep enough and looked for the root cause of the illness, the real problem is is that we don't have people in positions who are competent or um, have the ethics or the morals to run organizations that we need them to run. Is, no. it, is that not just it? The NPA, Eskom, it doesn't matter what you want to look at over the last 10 years that the wheels have fallen off. So it's not just a case of incompetence uh, as well as corruption. Well, it's, it's deliberate incompetence. Uh, just commented on to one of the uh, listeners who was talking about cadre <clears throat> deployment, this recent expose. Mm. And uh, that's a, that's been a strategy of the ANC, look after your mates. Uh, and so what you do is you over, overlook uh, the right people. So 10 people apply for a, a, a DD a director general job, and uh, the best person very often does not get the job because a uh, the job is allocated to a cadre, a mate, somebody who's, uh, you know, done work for the ANC, uh, you know, people who've been part of the, the, the internal uh, doings uh, and shenanigans of the, of the ruling party. So catered deployment, which flows from national right down to local government, by the way, is, is, the, is part of that reason. Uh, and so you find, I mean, I think I've said this before, one of the municipalities we were looking into, their, their CFO, for a multi-billion rand municipality budget uh, was somebody who wouldn't make a 
bookkeeper's position in a corporate entity it's that crazy. has that much money. That's just crazy. Yeah. And and the thing that gets so, so me you wonder yeah. why. The thing that gets yeah, me about it is there's no embarrassment. There's no shame. There's no embarrassment when it comes to incompetence in South Africa or corruption. If this was China, your social score would take a knock. You wouldn't be allowed to travel out the country. You wouldn't be allowed a cookie after dinner for dessert if you brought shame to an institution. But I don't, I don't know what it is about us as South Africans that uh, you can be in this huge position of power, mess an organization up, loot and steal from it, uh, and you can still uh, appear in the social pages. Well, that's the ruling party's uh, um, strategy, and it's failed, and it's let us all down. It's made us extremely poor as a nation, which is why uh, I wrote a piece at the beginning of the year about this, the doors wide open. We need a political alternative. The uh, the voting electorate has dropped below 50%. It was 46%. Uh, they just there's no, there's no options that they want to vote for. The youth aren't there. And 2024 is two years away, two years and three months to the next elections. And if, and if a party is going to seize this open door, they've got to do something this year. And it's not, it's not Outer. Outer is a civil action organization. It's, 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 it's credible leadership that can represent the, uh, the, 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 the country as a whole that's going to go out there and drive a free market yeah. system, that's going to drive this economy and get rid of corruption and put competence in place. The ANC, uh, there's that saying, you can't leave people in charge of the solution who created the problem in the first place. They are the problem and they're not going to fix it. Uh, so we have to do something differently. And uh, Stefani and the team are working hard on the electoral reform process, which will hopefully make the next elections a lot more meaningful. So yeah, a lot of work to do in that space as well. Yeah. We need to double our size. We need to double our support. I wish I had a megaphone. More. I wish I had a huge megaphone <clears throat> and I could put it up against the ear and put the volume on maximum up against the ear of every incompetent and corrupt leader we've had in this country and tell them, you are not a rock star. You're a public servant. You're not rock stars. I don't think that Politicians they, aren't rock stars. Yeah, we, I get we, it we that you got them. all the 7 Series BMs and the bodyguards and the jets and stuff like rock stars. But you're not yeah. rock stars. Yeah. You're public servants. Wayne, uh, yeah. wave, no. your, wave your magic <laughs> wand and, and, and tell us, uh, if you could press the button tomorrow on every action you'd like to take when it comes to the State Capture Commission's report, what would you do? What would Wayne Duvernage do? So I, I think and what would Alta do? That's, that's, how, that's how long is a piece of string answer, uh, Tom. In short, I think we've got to, uh, with all civil society organizations, as these next parts come out, get civil society to endorse it. Get them to read it, get them to understand it, and get them to support it. And then add their weight and lend their weight wherever they can through their uh, discussions in the office, through the executives, into business leadership, uh, through civil society. We get this thing to never die, never gather dust. And let's make sure that all elections, the public are aware of what this country, uh, because that is the one way you fix a country, is to get the right leadership in. Uh, so we've got a lot of work to do. This is the start. This mm. report is the start of so much good work. But my magic wand is that civil society, society in general, understands this, endorses it, gets behind it, and, and, and shouts and screams until it's all implemented. Got That's it. My view. All right. And then uh, lastly, the, the release of the reporting stages and making it available to the public immediately. Any comments on that? Sorry, Tom, the release of the report? Uh, in stages uh, and, and making yeah, it no, no, uh, available it to the public to. immediately. Yeah, it must be made available to the public, but uh, Rudy has already indicated and there's a lot of stuff that they won't even see. We want to get our hands on all the stuff, put it into the right place so that, um, so that law enforcement can use it properly and uh, with proper systems. But this is the way he decided to do it. We've got no problem. I think when it is in smaller bites, it's easier to digest as opposed to trying to go through 5,000 pages. <laughs> but that's my view. Yeah, it's okay. Got it. Uh, Stefani, final uh, comments from you with regards to the report and what you're looking forward to in the next two uh, chapters, so to speak. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the recommendations and I'm looking forward to why did this happen and how are we going to prevent it from happening in, 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 in future? 
I want to add to, we've, we, we've spent an enormous amount of time on accountability. And I agree, there's many ways to make sure that there's accountability. And I, I just want to add this, that ethical leadership is, 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 is really one of those things yeah. that, that we need. Someone asks ask me, or so many people ask, but is there something wrong with, with, with the laws in our land, you know, with legislation? Was it because that, you know, the laws are not adequate enough? And, you know, although nothing is perfect, can probably work on legislation and there are some poor legislation out there but that's not the problem it's the implementation you can have the best laws if there's not people to make sure that it's implemented it ain't gonna happen mm. yes people should go to jail but what about disciplinary actions making sure that people that um are you know are corrupt that that Ensure that state capture happen. Let's remove them. Let's remove them out of positions and make sure that it doesn't happen again. We need all ethical leaders out there to take up positions and make sure that our laws are upheld. And uh, closing comments from Rudy Heineke. Yes, I think that this report is a, a wake-up call to, um, to a lot of people, uh, especially you know, the citizens of this country. Um, and I think, you know, you can use the, 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 the findings and the recommendations as a guideline, especially the findings. Uh, if you see uh, leaders and, and, and managers and uh, CEOs and ex-co's in your, in your company, in your uh, environment, um, acting the way like people uh, like Dudumiyeni, Yaki Quinana, Brian Mulefe, et cetera, et cetera, Colin Machila, you know, if you see people like that uh, or acting in that way, you need to report it. And we're coming back to, you know, what we discussed earlier mm. on the whistleblowers. We, we, we must be, you know, very wake up every day, you know, in our own environment to, to prevent this from happening. Because uh, we cannot only depend on law enforcement. We cannot only depend on commissions of inquiry. We cannot only de depend on, uh, you know, the government, the police service, et cetera, et cetera, to... To, to, to prevent this from happening again. We must be vigilant and we must report anything that we see, you know, uh, and, and, and use the report as a guideline and the findings um, to, to see if somebody acts like that, we must report. And there's multiple pl platforms if you don't want to uh, report it to, to law enforcement to do that. I just look around and I think, you know, in every, in every life, in every country, uh, in every situation you find yourself in, there, there's always a potential for somebody to go fraught and become a rotten person. Uh, and I think what, you, what you're talking about is the courage that the rest of us who don't feel we're rotten people should have to stand up and point a finger and report people who are in mm -hmm. positions of power and abuse their power and destroy organizations below them. The power we have is to say, it's to blow that whistle and say, here's a rotten person. Uh, Wayne, um, geez, I want to see some rotten people land up in orange overalls this year, just like everyone else. Uh, but uh, And that's my wish at the end of the show, is that we actually see the orange overalls and we see rotten people rotting in jail and not in uh, free society. Uh, what is your um, final message for the show, the very first show of 2022, to our outer our viewers and outer supporters? Just look ahead for us, Wayne. Well, I think just yeah. always is, is uh, just thanks thanks very much for, for their support, for taking time, listening, participating. Uh, without them, we don't exist. We can't do our work. And um, and that this is going to be a momentous year. It's going to be an extremely important year for this country. Uh, ANC elections, uh, internal elections take place in December. The five-year process from Nazrek last time uh, where Ramaphosa got in is now happening in December. Happens about 18 months before the national elections. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, the the State of the Nation address later on uh, in Jan, Feb, uh, the budget speech. Uh, there's a lot of good people. I like Enoch Godongwana, the new finance minister, Ronald Lamola. There are th good things happening. We've got, we've got stuff to celebrate, but we've got a ton of work to do. We're excited. We're energized. We've got an amazing team at ARTA. I just want mm. to thank them all. 
They are brilliant. Uh, they, they help me sleep at night. So, yeah, and lo love all our supporters. Looking forward to a great, great year. Well, I'm looking forward to 2022. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. is when the show goes live, and you can join me and the outer team and contributors on a weekly basis as we tackle the issues that plague South Africa and showcase and highlight the efforts that outer take on your behalf. Uh, and with you as, a, as an organization to tackle corruption and maladministration. We'll bring you plenty of new stories this year, as well as report backs on existing projects and stories. Remember, we've still got the Milnerton Lagoon issue taking place. We haven't sorted out energy in this country. Uh, the, the national health uh, plan that uh, was mooted some time ago has gone a bit quiet lately, but you know what's going to happen with yep. that and how are we going to deal with R2 and what's going to happen with ETOL. So there, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of questions. Long-distance tolling. Yeah, there are a lot of questions that, are, that, that we're asking that will still have to be answered, and we'll be doing a lot of that in 2022 on the Outer Hour. So uh, a big thank you from me and the team on air tonight, and let's see if we can get them all on screen for you now. Rudy Heineke, Stefani Fick, and Wayne Divinage say goodnight to you this evening. Thank you for joining us. And if you've pressed play on the broadcast post live and you watched us the next day, I just had a call from a family member in Australia today saying we always watch the next morning. Thank you very much. If you've watched from far outside of South Africa and you're missing home, uh, thank you for joining up with your fellow South Africans and uh, talking about the issues that matter. And if you're just around the corner or anywhere within the borders of this beautiful country of ours, I really do appreciate you taking the time, an hour out of your week every week, and spending it with the outer team and myself. We'll be back, as always, next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Until then, I wish you a happy week. I wish you lots of love. I wish you lots of joy. I hope that your week is easy going, and I hope the money flows. And I hope above all you remain ethical and moral because that is our duty uh, if we want to create a better South Africa. Citizens at least, you know, don't join. Don't join the pigs at the trough. Until next Wednesday, I'm Tom London and I miss you already. Our fight to eradicate corruption, maladministration, unethical leaders and the abuse of taxpayers' money by those in power continues. It's fresh, it's fearless, and focused. The Outer Hour, where your voice matters.